to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know I'm happy that you're here. So I hope that each week that when you tune in, that you hear my passion, but I think more importantly, you feel my mission to change that word that we all think we hear the word sales, right? I'm going to get ripped off. I'm going to get duped. I really want to shift it so that when we hear the word sales, we know it's coming from a place of integrity and love and care and respect and really a place of service. So to help you on your mindset shift, I have a free gift for you, my free communication style assessment. You will get two cool reports, one spotlighting just your natural superpowers and how people perceive you when you communicate. Flip side, we have blind spots, which is our lowest style or the the way we least show up in the world. Understanding that, I think, could be more impactful than just kind of spotlighting what our natural superpowers are. So the notes in the um, in the show notes, you'll see the link to your free communication style assessment. My gift to you. Also, if you are enjoying the show, you know I love feedback. So please rate, review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I do read the uh, reviews and they do touch me when you guys share so many uh, meaningful stories with me. So it's always appreciated. Now, my motivational quote, don't laugh, today is by the amazing Dr. Seuss. And Dr. Seuss says, why fit in? when you were born to stand out. So I just love that quote. I thought it was kind of cool and sets the stage for today. Well, it's true, right? We're all born to stand out and share our gifts with the world. Yet I know sometimes I've played it safe and small over the years as I grew maybe my confidence and my expertise, right? And for me, it's sales. Now, promoting my business and myself took some practice and help from experts in the PR and advertising worlds. And I believe we just can't do everything on our own, um, running a business, running our careers, whatever it might be. We really do need that outside help. So who's my guest today? The amazing Barry Cohen. Barry is the author and co-author of two business books, 10 Ways to Screw Up an Ad Campaign and Startup Smarts, as well as a previous novel entitled Come On Home. He has been a columnist for the media trade press, writing for both radio and records, and and uh, Radio Inc. magazine. When he is not writing his own books, he is helping other authors get their voices out into the world as a ghostwriter, editor, publicist. And his career has spanned over 40 years. He's like me. We started when we were 10. Um, he's been in advertising and public relations, including broadcasting and serving as an ad agency principal. Barry has been a frequent guest speaker on trade at trade shows and conferences on subjects ranging from effective advertising to publishing to entrepreneurship and has been featured in numerous media outlets. He is a native of New Jersey, go New Jersey, where he resides with his wife and their rescue dog. Please help me welcome my friends and guests today, Barry, to the show. So, Barry, thanks for being on. Thank you, Connie, the amazing Connie Whitman. So you can ask me anything personal, professional. I will not divulge any national secrets, however. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd have to kill us, right? <laughs> right, or kill myself. Right, exactly. So I, I have to, you know, like me, right? We've been around 40 years. We've been doing this. So we have a lot of information in our brain that we certainly are here to support and help people. How the heck did you get started in your career? Well, I took a flying leap into a small radio station that was in a turnaround. It was something that I said, oh, I, I don't want to be a salesman. You know, <laughs> I kept on saying, no, no, I don't, I don't want a sales job. But it gave me the opportunity to learn the media, which I wanted to get into anyway. And it gave me the opportunity to do other related things like 
copywriting and audio production and voiceover work. So it was like, hey, this isn't so bad. And, and of course, I just took flight once I got into it and learned it. It was natural for you, right? It was. It was. Yeah. Once, I, once I got there. Oh, it's funny because you do have a um, like a recording voice. You have that deep um I, I could see where people would say, hey, can you do a commercial for me or hire you to do that audio piece of it? Because you really do have great sound. Your voice is just great sound and richness to it. Thank you. Just recorded my own audio book. I, well done. Totally. I, you know, I could totally listen to you through a whole audio book. So really cool. That's so cool. I know audio book. In English, in English. Well, isn't that what you speak? <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Here's the thing with the audiobooks too, especially now that, well, now we're kind of back to commuting and stuff, but the audiobook is such a great way um, to get through content and, and have a voice read it to you because a lot of us are very auditory driven. So I do like the whole audiobook that's now just available for authors like you and me um, that we can create these audiobooks, which is really kind of cool. Next question. What made you pivot from that advertising media place to that PR and publishing? It's a little bit of a shift, even though it's still the media market. It is getting old. Uh, in all seriousness, um, avoiding obsolescence. We were not, when I say we, as my business partner and myself, we're not 25 year old internet whiz kids. And, you know, yes. th times changed. You know, our primary focus when we started the ad agency was around radio and television. And people fell in love with the internet and it just was not our expertise. And rather than going into a, a deep learning curve, yes, we did, you know, partner with other people. We collaborated with other folks that had that expertise. But as it happened, once I succeeded in writing and publishing my own books, people just started coming to me right and left saying, hey, can you help me with my book project? And lo and behold, what I didn't know was that my friend of 40 years, business partner of 20 years, died very suddenly before the pandemic about three years ago. And as a result, I shut down the studios because that was his end of the operation, the production. And I said, OK. You know what? All these people want my help with books and publishing. That's where I'm going to be. So like 85% of my time now is spent working with entrepreneurs and professionals that want to become thought leaders. They want to raise their profile and credibility. They want to become the perceived expert. And we do that through publishing. And again, keeping in mind that the very definition of publishing has changed, right? It's not just books. It's books. It's ebooks. It's audiobooks. It's podcasts. It's articles. It's, it's guest blogs. Yeah. And, and the list goes on and it, you know, it's the ripple effect, right? You have the book or whatever, but then there's all this other uh, ripples that you get from that one unit. First, I do want to say, I'm so, so sorry for your loss of your partner, um, you know, quick like that. It, it, it's devastating, especially when you're in business with someone. So my, my serious, sincere condolences for that. Thank you. The other, th yeah, of course. And the other thing is it's funny how, um, <laughs> there's transferable skills in what you were doing and yes. what you aren't doing now. Right. So I often think people go, Oh, COVID, I don't know what to do. Pause. Like think about what, what's your zone of genius? What are people asking you for? So people started coming and saying, Hey man, you wrote a book. Can you help me? Hey, I like what you did. What's your process. Can you help me with that? So we have to listen to what people's needs are and constantly reinvent ourselves 
but you're never losing who you were in the first place. We're just adding skills, I, I think, to that pot of whatever the skill base is that we've already had. But there's a lot of transferable skills that we do through our different careers that you go back and forth and just get better and better and better at. Right. Does, right. So, so yeah. true. And, and at the same time, it's, it's all about today. People are consuming their content in so many different ways that you have yeah. to be something of a chameleon. So, yeah. again, with all the various methods that I mentioned before, you know, what you need is to be able to address people where they are, meaning on all the various different platforms. So what you do is you repurpose your content. You know, real, real simple example. Suppose I do a podcast. OK, now I can take that podcast. I can run it through speech to text software. And, and now I've got a blog. Right. And I can take the best of those. And I can turn it into a magazine article and I can pitch it to editors of digital editions of various publications. And now I've got an article, I've got a podcast, and I've got a blog from the same content. That's right. And compile enough of them, now you have a book. Yeah. And, and we make it more complicated, right, than we need to. Here's why, though. We don't know what we don't know. So what you just described, people are like, oh, 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 that like that makes sense. Right. Because you just shined a light on maybe what they were doing and just expanded the perspective a little bit. We don't know. We don't know. True. The reality is we're, we're actually producing whole books in a similar process. You know, I've had clients that are ADHD, dyslexic, autistic, whatever, and they can't sit down and write a book. They think they can't. Okay. And I've had clients that are just plain too busy. They're running a big company and they don't have time. Yeah. What do we do? We get them on a Zoom call like we're on right now. And I interview them. I Q&A them. Then I take the audio track from that recording and I run it through that speech to text software. And then I edit from that. And now we have a book. It's, it's uh, yeah, well, because the technology is there to support it, it becomes much easier to do it. So I'm curious when you wrote your when you write your own books, do you use that similar process or is it a little bit of a difference between it's, it's different? Yeah, it it's is different. Yeah. When, when I do my own books, the business books, I pretty much go with a you know pretty standard formula of, of you know doing an outline and then putting the flesh on the bones, so to speak. Now, with fiction, it's different. It's more organic. You know, it just kind of comes flowing out of you. Uh, I just recently launched a novel and it's the first in a trilogy of, of novels. That's the one that I did the cool. audio book for. Yeah, uh, cool. You know, when you do that, it's an entirely different process. Can you share your process? Is it you do you think it's worth it for the, the people listening so that if they because here's the thing, I, I know I talk to people, and I think, oh, I wish I could write a book or, yeah, I'm going to write a book someday. So if, if people are listening and thinking, oh, I wish I could write a book. Can you give them like just some context within that so they could start to think, oh, wait, I can do sure, that. That's, sure. that's a possible process. Connie, the very first thing that you have to do is d define and refine your audience. Everybody likes to think, oh, well, everybody should read my book, but everybody should not be reading your book. It's all about finding who the best prospects are for your book, the same as the best pros prospects are for your customers, right, for, that you're going to sell to. Consider the book as a product. So once you really define and refine who that audience is, that's going to help you with everything from the voice that you write in to the cover you design, right, to um, the way the book is actually positioned and promoted to the media. So start by defining and refining the audience. And then from there, again, if it's a business book, do an outline, just like when you did your term papers in school. Yeah. You know, and think of the outline as the table of contents to the book. If you think of the, the main points in your outline being the table of contents of the chapter heads, then you've got it. And then after that, 
it's a pretty simple matter of putting the flesh on the bones. Now, granted, every book is different, but some of the things that we do to add structure and add depth to the book, oftentimes we'll have other experts, as you mentioned before, the importance of having other experts in your, in your space yeah. to weigh in. I'll give you an example. So we did one book on how millennials start and grow businesses differently than our generation did. So one of the things that millennials face is the fact that they think they can go forever because they're young and they're energetic. What that results in is very often entrepreneurial burnout. So we mm. had a psychologist write a sidebar to insert into the book to talk about how to avoid entrepreneurial burnout. So again, that plus uh, sometimes it's a matter of, of finding really important relevant quotes to start a chapter with, but most important of all stories, stories, sell stories illustrate your points better than anything especially if they're real world stories that you the author have experienced yourself yeah and people remember the story so i'll share really funny i published my book you know when covid hit in 2020 and we have a house down on the jersey shore and our neighbors across the water from us um we were friends with them we're friendly with all our neighbors so one day they were coming over having a drink uh on the deck and um he says, oh, my God, I read your book. And I'm like, oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much. He was in, he's in he was in medical sales. He has since retired. And um, I said, oh, thank you so much. And he said, kind. It, I'll tell you, it's it's such a good reminder, right, for those that have been seasoned. And he said, but I, he goes, I learned so much about you that I never knew. And, he, and then he started to share the stories. And my husband and his wife were there. And the wife hadn't read the book. She wasn't in sales, right? So, so she says, oh, I have to read the book now. I want to hear these stories too. It was really cute. But he remembered the stories. And he said, you know, he's a peer of mine, like you are, right, Barry? 40 years I've been in business. Some of the things people had said to me in the past, like he said, I couldn't believe it, but I know what you're saying. I lived through that kind of crap too. So it, there, it became this just great conversation beyond sales. It's, it becomes this human component of who we are that has to shine through in our book as well. Otherwise, it becomes super boring to just read like a technical book, right? There's something so important about what you just said, and we'll share this with your audience as well. One of my authors right now has a book in progress, and she was struggling in the very first chapter, right? How to get through it. And she's in a very high place in the educational world. Mm -hmm. And I said, what you need to do is show your vulnerability because in your vulnerability is your strength. And after she absorbed that, digested that, she came back with a revised chapter and talked about when she was a child and she stuttered and when she had to wear glasses and the teasing from other kids. And yeah. that just added a whole dimension to the book. And again, the authenticity that she revealed, right, is what's going to make you buy into what she has to say. So be authentic, be vulnerable. Yeah. And it's funny. The other thing he said, he said, cut, it was like, just like we're talking here. That's what the book was. It was like, you were talking to me directly. That's how I talk. I write. Yeah. Obviously it's grammatically correct and all of that, but the, the energy I think behind it is very much my voice. And I think that's another piece of, of, of having a successful book, right? Very much so. Yeah. It, and again, it has to sound like you, you know, yes, you may hire a professional editor, but that editor should still keep it in your voice. 
Well, you're a ghostwriter too. So I can yes. imagine the lengths that you go through to capture that other person's voice because everybody's not a great writer. Everybody doesn't want to write the book physically, but they know they want to get a book out there. And that's where you come in, right? So you yes. really have to do this deep dive because you have to get the vibe of them, their voice and the vulnerability, like you said, to, to lift that vulnerability and story off the page. How, like, how do you do that? Right. Well, look, and it, the thing is, everybody has a book inside of them. You know, my job is just to pull I out agree with that. And, and really, you know, you just get them to, to talk, you get them to open up, you ask them the right questions and you find out, you know, who they are, what they're about and what's important to them. And you project that, infuse that into the book. It's, it's so important that you can't bore people, right? As you said before, and I'll give you another example. So one of my authors sent a chapter to me and it was a first chapter, right? And I said, look, I want you to do something. When I met her at a networking organization one time, she introduced herself by kicking her shoes off and jumping up on the chair and addressing the group. I said, I want you to give me the written equivalent of you jumping up on that chair. You got to hook them in the first chapter because if you don't, they're not reading the rest of it. That's right. Did she do it? Oh, yeah. She oh, did. yeah. <laughs> she did. What? See, now visually, I could picture her kicking off her shoes jumping up on the chair and saying, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> right. I've arrived. <laughs> exactly. Right. I love but, you it. Know, but you, you have to really wake people up. So is that how you help them find their voice? Because I think people listening are thinking, yeah, I know I have a book inside of me, Barry. I agree with that. I don't even know. I don't even know what my voice is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, Again, part of that is, is the questionnaire that I use where I, I get them to really dig in themselves and open themselves up and, you know, and, and really, you know, determine, you know, what is, you know, who is their audience? What is their message? And what is the importance of their message? Yeah. You, know, you know, you can't just give me the subject matter or I write about technology. No. What is your take on it? What is your perspective? You know, what is your unique contribution to the world of technology? Yeah. Yeah, it's this, you're a needed resource. I think you're a needed resource because I, I do agree. I think everybody has a book inside of them. So with that said, especially business owners, I think, um, and, and even professionals, right, for them to build their credentials within their organization or a business owner to build that no like trust uh, factor and that a whole authority building piece. Why do you feel that the, a book really helps push the the envelope for professionals and or entrepreneurs or business owners? Well, first of all, there's still a great cachet to publishing. It's still considered, you know, it, it was for so long, it was elitist. You know, now it's much more democratized, if you will, but it's still considered highly credible. You know, you reach into your bag after making a presentation, you take out a book, you open it up and you say, how would you like that inscribed? And it's got a wow factor to it. It just sets you apart. You know, when I first decided to write my first book, I had spoken to a friend who had a larger ad agency and he had already written a book. And I said, what did it do for you? And he said two things. He said, you know, when we get called in for those dog and pony shows, those presentations, he said, we would have been passed over as too small, but the book gave me the extra credibility. So they called us in. Secondly, he said, after everybody's seen all these dog and pony shows and their heads are spinning, they're like, well, was he the guy with the blue folder, the red folder, the white folder? No, he was the guy with the book. It set him apart. It distinguished him. 
It just puts you head and shoulders above the rest. And it doesn't, it's not about selling a million books. It's about building authority. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and a book, book does that probably better than anything today. And here's the thing. Everybody's like, yeah, big deal. It is a big deal. Let me tell you, writing a book is, it, it's effort, right? It, and, and the other thing too is I think it shows that, number one, you have the, the mental, the ability, right? Whatever, the, whatever your zone of genius is that you're able to share. So you, you have to be an expert to be able to write a book. Otherwise, it's going to be garbage, right? So that's number one. You have to have the, the intellect and the zone of genius to share. Second thing is you do have to see it from beginning to end, you know, beginning, middle and end. You got to get it out there. And then the effort of publishing, editing, it, it's effort. So I do think it should make a difference if you've published a book versus not publishing a book as it builds your, your authority and credibility. And that's a great story that, cause you know, how many, you, you're like me, right? I do proposals all the time. Why are they going to remember me? Because I have a big mouth and curly hair, right? But <laughs> why would they remember? It works too, right? But that having that book published, it, it does. It definitely makes you, um, at least for me, it make you know, people now introduce me as world renowned and I giggle. I think I'm a Jersey girl, but you know, people but here's, want my book. But here's the thing. You don't, right. You don't realize how far you can go with it. I'll give you a couple of quick real life stories. Yeah, great. So one, So once I did my first book, I'm you know, searching all the time on Google to see where it pops up. And I see one night it says City University. I'm thinking City University Library of New York has my book. I click the link. It's the City University of Hong Kong. The Run Run Shoe Library has a copy of my book in English. Right. That's one. OK. Two. I get an email out of the blue from Medellin, Colombia. And I'm thinking, what is this? The drug cartel. <laughs> right. What is this all about? So this gentleman was for real. Carlos Fernando Villa Gomez had a magazine, he had a newspaper column, a blog, a radio show, and a TV show in the country of Colombia, and he wanted to bring a culture of marketing to Colombia. And he would come to the States each year and interview several authors and experts, go on a swing, bring his own cameraman with him, and then he would, you know, cut these up and drip them out. So I went up on his show and then found out it was syndicated by satellite all over Latin America. <laughs> but P.S., you don't know how far you can go once you do this. And all of a sudden, you know, you're going to hear from not only your neighbor at the shore house, but, you know, somebody across the pond, so to speak, saying they read your book and they loved it. Another quick one. I get a I get a, um, I, I see this thing pop up um, business journal and I'm thinking, oh, it's business journal in New Jersey. No, it's the business journal of Hampton Roads, Virginia, someplace I've never been in my life. How am I getting a book review in there? This gentleman had an ad agency down in that area. And he, Virginia Beach, and he walks into the local Barnes and Noble, pulls my book off the shelf, is intrigued, reads it, writes a review and sends it to his local business journal. They publish it. So I call him the thank him. I leave him a voicemail. He calls me back and he says, you should come down here and speak to our local chapter of the American Marketing Association. I said, great. Can you hook me up with that? Next thing you know, I'm down there. Crazy how it works. And now with the internet that we were talking about at the beginning, now with the technology that we didn't have 40 years ago, you get it out there faster and louder and with a lot less angst because of things like that. You would never have found that person in the old days, so to speak, right? you know, unless he, you know, hand wrote a letter or whatever it was, but it's so much harder. Now I feel like the uh, expansive, the universe as big as it is, it's like, it's small again, because we have clients all over the world because of the internet and our ability to navigate, communicate blogs, podcasts, all of these things. I love it. I love it. Can you give us other examples so that 
number one, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard, Barry. So that was a neat story. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that have happened to your clients that you've worked with, you know, getting them published? And then what was that after effect, that ripple effect? Sure. All right. So one, one example is a woman from the island of Jamaica, not Queens, but in the Caribbean, wrote a book on alternative non-bank financing for small business. And she was referred to me by somebody, a mutual friend, and she said, can you help me promote it? I said, let me look at it. I look at the book and I said, I can help you promote it. But if you let me work with you to revise it, it can go a lot farther. The book was thin. It needed bulking up. It needed updating. It had really an ugly cover that looked very amateurish, like you did it on your desktop. desktop and it had a long, boring title. Hmm. The Small Business Owner's Guide to Alternative Funding, What Everybody Needs to Know in These Times of Tight Credit. Textbook, boring. So we, we did a makeover on the book. We updated it. We got other experts to weigh in and corroborate. Uh, we added things like um, using your 401k or crowdfunding, right? And we did a whole new beautiful cover. And at the last minute, I wouldn't tell her what I was going to, until the last minute, what I was going to retitle the book. I said, okay, we're on the phone. Open your email. She opens the email. She gasps. She laughs. She says, I'll call you back in an hour. Calls back in an hour, says, run with it. We retitled the book, Spank the Bank. The, the guide to alternative business financing. Well, I got to tell you, you know, she did her own social media for three weeks and she's very good at it. She teaches it. It did not move the meter on Amazon. When she said go, and we did just an old fashioned traditional publicity campaign of reaching out directly to media outlets. We got her on MSNBC. It got picked up by Forbes.com, Huffington Post. And as a result, she was getting inquiries at small business development centers to speak, at community colleges to, uh, to do a class, uh, new clients. It just took off big time. And that's probably one of our best examples. I love it. So here, see, here's another thing, everybody that's listening, right? Some people say, yeah, I wrote a book 10 years ago and yeah, nothing happens with it. Maybe the content is at the core, right? Because your genius is your genius is still there. Maybe it just needs to be tweaked and updated and refurbished. Like you said, bolt up collaboration, um, having the right title, having the right cover. We don't, and especially if we did it on our own 10 years ago, it, everything has changed. Now we can really amp it up pretty easily, especially if you have those the bones already there, right? Right, but you just said something else very important, and as you always do, and that is the cover, all right? The old adage that you can't judge a book by its cover is false. Get that out of your heads. You do judge a book by its cover. Okay. How many seconds do you spend looking at a thumbnail the size of a postage stamp on Amazon before you decide whether you're going to order the book or looking at the spine of a book as you wander the aisles in Barnes & Noble, all right? Yes. Only seconds, and if that doesn't catch them, dead in the water, they pass you by. So that's why, again, I bring that advertising copywriting uh, mindset into publishing, not only with my own titles, but my clients' titles. That's why you're so cool, Barry, because it goes back to what I said before, right? You've had to reinvent yourself. I've had to Mm -hmm. reinvent myself. But everything we've learned over our 40-year stint, right, in in business, whether it was uh, corporate or, or personal on our own, it all of those spokes come into this core of, of how we can help and serve others. Your zone is exa- all of these things that you're sharing are just brilliant, but they're brilliant because you're brilliant at what you do. Right. So I, I this is amazing. Um, my last question, because we're almost out of time, sure. but I do want to know when you work with your client, what, like what are your personal commitments to the people you work with? Like I, that story where you said, I didn't send it to her in advance. 
I got on the phone and said, all right, now you can check your email. Like, how, what is your personal commitment okay. with folks you so, work with? So glad you asked that because, you know, look, we really only want to work with people that are committed to, Agreed. you know, it's, it's like, it's a contract. You commit, I commit. Give me an example. I worked with a 94-year-old gentleman who was the premier publicist to the music industry. He was the PR guy for everybody from Willie Nelson to James Taylor to Jerry Garcia to Alice Cooper, writing his memoirs. So we're in the middle of editing his book, and the guy read the New York Times every day. All of a sudden, glaucoma robbed him of his vision. I went to his house. I sat across the kitchen table, and I read my edits aloud to him for his approval. That was my commitment. And sure enough, he got his sample copy of the book and died. Oh, yes. But that was the commitment was we're going to get this book done before you pass away. Uh, I can't put it any better than that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And and see, this is the thing, too, Barry, I think maybe because we have been been around. Right. We, we we're we're seasoned. You know me. I say we're hot and spicy. That's why we're seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. The. Like you're the kind of person I know that I would want to work with because when I work with my clients, they really do get all of me and we will get it to work. Right. It, but they have to be as committed as I am because yes. we can bring the horse to water. We can't get them to drink. So we do want to be with like minded people like ourselves where they they need my help for sales. They need your help for the whole publishing and ghostwriting, whatever piece of that, that publishing their, their own um, book, right? Whatever it is that they can get from you. But you have this depth of knowledge that most people don't have because we didn't come up through that whole media and all the background that you have. These are the kinds of things that matter. And I think that, oh, I don't need a ghostwriter. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. But have you had a conversation with someone that you trust, like a Barry, so that you could say, I'm not really sure of what my next step is. Can you help me? Right. Well, look, yesterday I had a conversation with somebody that, that was very transparent. And, and she said, I'm looking at like three people, you and a couple others. And I said, look, here's the two things you have to evaluate when you decide who you're going to work with. Number one, you got to have that personal chemistry. You got to have a comfort level with the person. I said, number two, what's their track record? Have they done this? You know, I've done two dozen books. I have 10 more in the works right now for clients. God bless right? uh, is this their first go around? Right. Or do they have a track record? Are they seasoned? Can they lead you in the right direction? You know what's cool with you, Barry, though, is you do the ghostwriting, you do the editing, you know what's going to work, what's going to look good, like your description, Barnes & Noble, the, the little, you know, the spine or the little clip that you see on Amazon. Not only do you have the authorship of the writing piece, but you have all the media component to get it out there and have it make an impact. So, again, you're just... It's time, right? Because we're, yep. we're seasoned. That we have, it's the full circle. full circle. And yeah, somebody's really good at copywriting, but they might not have that media background. Or somebody might be right. really good at the graphics, but not understand anything beyond that. You, because of, of I think, of your whole industry experience and, and just growing up in that that venue, you really are the full service, which is just kind of cool. I don't, I don't always see that when I interview people. Right. And what we're doing now is we're actually collaborating with a small independent publisher so that we have our own business book imprint. So I don't have to send people to a self-publishing you know, house if I don't want to. So I, I literally, if I'm editing or promoting their book, you know, I can, I can serve as whatever they need. I meet them wherever they are on the journey. So whether exactly. they need a ghostwriter, an editor, right, a publicist or a publisher or all of the above, I can do any and all of the above. Yeah, that's amazing. That's just so, so amazing. So listen, we're out of time, but everybody, if you're thinking of a book, 
Um, is it worth having a conversation with you just to kind of determine whether they have a book in them or not? Because of course, we're your own worst enemy, right, Bear? So right, sure, yeah. And, and again, there's this is no place for imposter syndrome. Shine your light, man. Get out there and shine that light, right? So here's the deal. I'm going to give you uh, Barry's website. It's publishingmentorsplural.com. Email him if you have a, a question. It's publicist the number 740 at gmail.com. So publicist740 gmail.com. And Barry, I know you have a free gift. If they email you, can you just, because this might be a really nice place for them to start. What's that free gift? Sure. The free gift is my author thought starter questionnaire, which will help you organize your thoughts, crystallize them, uh, and really, you know, set the direction. If you, if you complete that questionnaire and you do it well, you practically have the outline for your book. Perfect. That's beautiful. Really nice way to start. Email Barry for that um, to get that outline. We don't have a link. So this way he can engage with you directly too and say if you have any questions and that kind of thing. So thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I love, I love giving gifts. Um, for me, right? Our conversation is information today. But then when we have this tangible link right? That they can actually go through the thought process worksheet, whatever it is. And then that can really make the spark of, holy smokes, I really think I need to do this. And holy smokes, I need to talk to Barry. But it gets it, it gets the information into action. And that's why I love the free gift. So thank you so much for that. You're very welcome. Thanks yeah, for the opportunity. Uh, love it, Barry. Love our conversation. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day. Really appreciate it. Very informative. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that no matter where you are in your career or business, I really do hope my guests and I provide an idea, a spark, something for you to say, hmm, I never thought about that, or hmm, this is a good next step for me. So again, uh, reach out to Barry, get that free gift from him. Um, and of course, reach out to me. I have my all-star community. I'd love for you to come and play with me every month. I meet with my peeps twice a month. We have great conversations. We talk about anything business related. Um, I am there for you. That information is in the show notes as well, as Barry's information will be in the show notes too. Thank you again, Barry. Thank you all for joining me. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I am truly honored to have you on this journey uh, with me, whatever that means for you um, in your career. And again, thank you for tuning in and listening to Barry, his great ideas and stories. And we will see you next week. I hope you have an inspired week. I love you all. And until next time, have a great one. Thanks. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.